Alfred, it's Batman. Gotham PD has received reports of a new Simpsons podcast. Download all episodes to the back computer now. Come on, Bart. Remember what Vince Lombardi said. If you lose, you're out of the family. Homer! Oh. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, Australia's favourite Simpsons-based podcast, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page. We love those guys. As well as nohomers.net, the best place to find. It's like a Simpsons community, so if you want to chat to other people that like the Simpsons, go to nohomers.net. I'm Dando. I'm Mitch. How you doing, man? I felt like I'd been forgotten about, but yeah. I'm good. Uh, I feel like, because we always forget to plug the sponsors. Yeah, like, that's true. They're more important than I am. How often, this is sort of like a, a thing behind the scenes, do we get to the end of the episode and go, shit. We didn't plug the sponsors. Yep. <laughs> Let's pretend that we're doing the intro now, and I'll slide it back in in post-editing. Yep. I appreciate all of the fine work that you do. Yeah, I do a lot of work. I'm glad you appreciate it. You do it. all the work. I, <laughs> I rock up, I drink your coffee, and I go home. Whenever Mitch rocks up to do a podcast, go straight for the kettle. Help oh. myself to the kitchen. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like Kramer. I, I, I just hit the fridge open. I'm like, okay, he's getting a coffee. No worries. Mm. Um, sorry, guys, for this one being late. Obviously, if you follow the Facebook page, you're aware why. My grandma had a heart attack earlier this week, but she's doing very well now. She's improved a lot. She's still not at a hospital, but... Thank you to everyone that sent messages on the Facebook page. Really meant a lot. And like I was telling Mitch off the air, it really made me feel like this show matters. Like people genuinely care about us. Yeah, it was really, really nice. I mean, obviously it didn't impact me personally, but just to see that outpouring of support was really, really nice from all you guys. So thank you very much. And and as I said, very, very happy for yourself, Dando, to, and for your family, obviously, to know that everything's going well. Yes, it's going really well. And thanks to everyone that's liked the Facebook page. If you're listening to this and you haven't yet, please do so. Facebook.com slash Four Finger Discount. Over 1,440 likes now. We're on the way to 1,500. We'll be there in no time. I know. Remember back when we were happy that we had 500? I was happy that we had 100. Yeah. I was happy that we had one. <laughs> it's just, it's cool now when I, knowing beforehand that I'm going to put something up on the page, knowing that people are going to re- respond to it, yeah. and comment on it, and like it. I'm thinking... I have some power now. Like early days, it was like, you know, you're, you're sitting down, you're fishing at a quiet stream, you don't even have bait, maybe you've just got a bit of string tied to a stick. Nowadays, we're just lobbing dynamite off the boat and we know <laughs> that stuff is going to come. Yes, it is great. So, as I said, please like the page and also check out all the other stuff on torrentless.tv. We've got plenty of videos. Every Sunday night, we're going to put a new top 10 video up. We've got plenty of articles that are also going up on the Simpsons Best Moments page. It's a Simpsons crazy at the moment. It's great. Yeah, Simpsons mania. So today we're going to be reviewing Dead Putting Society. People have been really looking forward to this. Yeah, this seems to be a favourite episode of a lot of people. Mini yeah. golf just resonates, I think, with, yeah. with with everyone. It's the sport that anyone can play. I think it's one of the ones that, similar to Dancing Homer, it's very memorable because it's so different. Yeah. Is there any other golf-based episodes besides when Homer's playing with Mr. Burns? Is it scenes of class struggle? Mm, yeah, yeah, that, they do mention it there. But I'd, I'd probably even put this more towards um, Bart versus Lisa in ice hockey, like where it's got more yeah. of a sports theme from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Homer yeah. at the bat. It's, the sport episodes are very popular. Yeah, well, they stand out. They've really they've, thought about it. They are just so different, I guess, like compared to what your normal plot would be. And, you know, there's always different scenery. There's different stuff going on. And most people have played, as I said, mini golf in particular. Everyone's done it at some point. Even Happy Gilmore. Like, as some of the best scenes in Happy Gilmore <laughs> were the mini golf scenes. Something about mini golf just people love. Yeah. Watching this episode, I've got it on my notes. I was going to mention it during the episode. We'll mention it now. In Australia, maybe we do, but I just haven't been there yet. We don't seem to have such great mini golf courses like they do in America. Like, for example, you said the one on Happy Gilmore. I've never been to one that extravagant. Yeah, not that extreme. We've got a 
Look, we've got a pretty good one down here, but it pales in comparison to some of the stuff that you've seen over there. And I also do want to talk about this later of what makes a good mini golf course. That would be cool. And also some of the best mini golf courses that I'm aware of in the world. I'm letting the cat out of the bag early. Hawaii have one that's glow in the dark. What? Yeah. You can go to Hawaii. There is in it, it, it's like just all neon, all glow in the dark stuff. That's pretty it's, cool. It's on my you know bucket list of things that I need to oh, do. Oh, so you haven't before. been there yet? If no, you, no, I've been, just seen you, photos. Have you been to Hawaii? No. Oh, okay. Nicola always wants to go to Hawaii. I'm like, I want to go to WrestleMania. Nicola wants to go to Hawaii. Well, so at some point, there has to be a marriage for those two things, doesn't it? Has I, WrestleMania ever gone to Hawaii? I just need to tweet Vince, Vince McMahon and be like, hey, dude, you reckon yeah. you can have WrestleMania in Hawaii next year? Kill yeah. two birds with one stone? It has to be done. <laughs> yeah, they, the Hawaiians like a chunky gentleman. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, um, the buffet. Imagine all of the WrestleMania, like just... You know, Big Show rocks up to the buffet. <laughs> Closed. Yeah. It's a remoteless eating machine. <laughs> um, also, we've got questions for the mailbag this week. If you've got a question you'd like us to answer on the air, people have been sending them through thick and thin this week. It's been great. But it, the best way is we used to say email. It's just annoying that way. We, we're always on the page. Like, yeah. Whenever you get a notification for a page, we're like straight onto it. We'll always respond. Yeah. So message it to us the Facebook page, facebook.com slash discount. Yeah. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, plus we've got trivia and all that stuff coming at the end of the episode, some shout outs as well. Pretty cool one with the kid, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really, this is a fun one actually. It's going to be very cool to mention him. Yes. So let's get into the review. What were your thoughts before going back and watching of Dead Putting Society? Oh, well, I was. it was one of those ones that I hadn't watched for a number of years. Is I think because I'd watched it so much when I was younger that I, I hadn't gone back into it. Uh, the moment where it's it's probably one of my most frequently quoted episodes with my mate though, despite the fact that I haven't seen it for a long time. What what sections do you quote? Uh, your putter's name is Charlene. That's a that's one of the favorite we, scenes in the whole ev- episode. Every inanimate object that we come across, <laughs> be, you know, um, say we're uh, I don't want to use golf as an example, buying a new cricket bat, like give you a better name. Why? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like so I Mr. Really, putter. <laughs> your putter's name is Charlene. <laughs> but yeah, so that one we we run through a lot. The it's actually probably the only thing, but that that's my biggest memory of this episode. Before I sat down to watch it, I was really enjoying that scene again. Also, Bart just staring at the photo of Todd and then Todd in the window. That, that's the visual that I always really <laughs> fall back on. When I went back and watched it last week, I completely forgot. This is what I love going back and watching the old ones is that I forget the stories that set up the main story. Yeah. I forgot that Homer goes to Flanders' house. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about could, that as well. I, I, I just remember the episode being Homer is angry at Flanders for something. Yeah. And then they had the mini golf tournament. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. This is hilarious. But um, so let's get into what, Do you want to do the short synopsis of the episode? Yeah, sure. So uh, Homer and Flanders basically um, get into a little bit of a rivalry uh, early on. It's kind of... The rivalry doesn't start straight away, but Homer gets riled about the fact that Flanders <laughs> has it better than he does. Yeah. Homer and Bart go out to play some mini golf or putt-putt golf, if mm. you so choose. Uh, they bump into Flanders and Todd out there, and then they sort of turn it into a foursome. Then it's just one of those, you know, my son's better than your son type deals. They make a wager. The boys go into the tournament, and whoever, the father of the boy who doesn't win, yeah. uh, has to mow the lawns in his wife's Sunday dress. Yes. The original air date was November 15th, 1990. The chalkboard gag was, I am not a 32-year-old woman, which I thought was very odd. What's the joke there? Is there a... Bart must have been smacked on the head at some point and just developed some temporary psychosis, maybe. Like, I just don't get that. There's got to be a subtle joke that I'm not seeing. You guys, one of you listeners out there knows the joke to Bart writing on the board, I am not a 32-year-old woman. Please tell me because- There I'm- must be someone because generally whenever we've said something wrong- Yeah. And it's, fo- most, and, the it's, fog incident? and it's mostly been me. Russ <laughs> <Press> McNeil. <laughs> we get six or seven messages instantly. Oh, how dare you? I but in a nice way. And I love it when you guys correct us. We should interview Tress McNeil. 
And you, the whole interview is you not knowing who she is. Who is she? <laughs> and the catch gag was that the... Which, fam- if she'd be easy to get. She couldn't have a manager, surely. Nah, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> um, the animals joined a family on the catch. So it kicks off with Homer mowing the lawn with the crappy mower. Now, do you remember these lawn mowers? I think you can still buy never, them. Uh, never, ever, ever owned one oh, or We been, had one. Had Terrible. One Shocking, man. I, like, it's just... You couldn't even do the, the uh, nature strip with it. No. Do they call them nature strips in the States? For those of you listening around the world, they know a little bit of grass that's in between the road and the and, footpath. And the footpath or sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I used to have to do, because Dad would mow the front lawn with the lawnmower, and I'd have, I'd have to do it with this old school thing like Homer had. Awful. Oh, shocking. And when they get the crab grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. You know what I would have really loved as a lawnmower growing up when I was a kid is... Um, just a lobster, like uh, Flint, uh, Flintstone style. <laughs> that that would have been my ideal lawnmower. You know what? You know what I did. Well, I got in trouble once. I lost a bet. With, I didn't. Lose, I lost a bet with my dad. He made me mow the front lawn with scissors. Oh no! <laughs> God, you would have cramped up. Oh man! It was and shocking. every neighbour would have thought you'd gone insane. <laughs> Hey, look at the dando boy. <laughs> I got like 10 minutes in dead. Get in here, you dickhead. <laughs> but um, Flanders offers some advice to get rid of the crabgrass. And I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Flanders, although he means well, he just is a, a, he's not a dick, but he's just he's sort of rubbing it in Homer's face yeah, all the time. No, well, I think in this episode they've cha- tapered that a little bit. I was at, de- at the start it wasn't, but it, it gets better as the episode goes on. Yeah, uh, no, 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 I actually still thought at the start okay. He wasn't trying to say Homer, my life's so much better than yours It's just that his life is so much better than his Yeah. In season one, like the RV and that sort of thing like It felt like there was a little bit more in the way of boasting about that Whereas here, it felt more like just pride Like, he wasn't saying, come over and check out my den Because of how awesome it is and I'm going to rub your face in it Like, it, I, I felt like it was a genuine reach out he just can't help himself by describing that the beer comes from Holland or wherever it was. See, I, I, to me, that's rubbing it in. I don't know. Maybe it's like you said, we're saying off the air, tall poppy syndrome in Australia. If yeah, someone has something better than you, it's, I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they die. Yeah, well, which is definitely what Homer goes through. How great is it, though, when Marge says, um, Marge, where's the duff? Uh, well, we're all out, Homer. Don't. Would you like some fruit juice? Don't toy with me, woman. And that's when Flanders invites Homer over to have yeah. some beer at his house. And that's what I was like, oh, that's right. That's what sets up the argument. Yeah. And in, in that scene when they're in the den, is it the den or the man cave, whatever yeah, it is, the den. pool table? Yep. The first introduction of Maud Flanders. Yeah. I didn't realise this. I th- Bringing down snacks. I could have sworn. As all good wives at, should do. And her butt's a lot harder than Marge's butt, yeah. apparently. <laughs> I didn't realise this was the first time we saw her. I could have sworn. We'd, maybe we'd seen her but not heard from her. Yeah, I know, I know we've sure. seen Maybe top- she had shown up in a background of something. But I, yeah, this is the... Yeah, no, it did feel like she's... I, I guess, you know, you're so familiar with her from such a long time. You just yeah. assume she's been in an early episode. And, and she's going to be at the AMC Expo in Melbourne, the Australian uh, Movie and Comic Expo, okay. on, in about two weeks' time in Melbourne. All right, the, brilliant. Vo- the voice of Maud Flanders, that is. Well, voice of Maud Flanders, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, as I assume you are, because <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but a few weeks back we interviewed production coordinator Nikki Asordia, and she played it to a whole bunch of people on the show. So I just, every time I'm talking now, I act as if I'm talking directly to... To the cast. <laughs> Kevin Smith listens as well, apparently. Yeah, exactly. They're all on board with Four Finger Discount. Yes. But no, we, we should try and, you know, I don't want to make promises, obviously, because this is a long way away, but we should try and get something happening at the AMC. Yes, we definitely should. Also, also I was just going to say that Flanders, going back to him like not rubbing it in, you think he's not rubbing it in. I feel like in his situation... I am fairly arrogant, though, so I don't see it <laughs> in other people all the time. He needs to learn that sometimes people don't want help. You know, so, yeah. like, for example, Homer, he knows his life is worse. He knows what he's doing isn't right, but he doesn't want to be told. Just leave me alone, you know? Yeah. So, obviously, uh, that's when Homer and Flanders have 
Is this their, the first real argument that they have? Were they screaming at each other? Yeah, it definitely is. It's the first time that they've been confrontational towards each other. Yep. Um, and you know what actually happens, though, after that argument? And this is why I don't think Flanders is trying to rub it in. It's, he shoots up in bed in the middle of the night, and he's so upset with himself about the fact that he... I was going to mention this. ...that yeah, he, yeah. he'd lost his temper or that he'd offended Homer. Like, he, he wouldn't have thought for a second that he was going to offend him, and then he was distraught by the fact that he had. So, I don't think he was trying to rub his face in it. As the episode goes on, I feel more sympathy for Flanders and realise that Homer is just being... What's the word? Like, not over the top. He's just blowing things out of proportion, I guess. Yeah, storming a teacup yeah. type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually had written down uh, as one of the things to talk about that this episode really shows Homer's ability to infuriate anybody. Oh. doesn't matter how calm you are. You cannot stay calm around this man when he's in this mode. Homer also doesn't have much of the sweetness in this episode as he has in other episodes. He's just a jerk from start to finish. How's here. the contrast with this to the last episode, Dancing Homer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, chalk and cheese. Like last episode, he was a lovable person who was doing something well for himself and for his family. And now he's just like, I fucking hate you, Homer. Using his son as a tool yeah. to fight against his neighbour. Yeah. At this point, it's still in season two. It was like this in the first season as well. He wasn't a nice person, Homer. Not always, he no. Was, he was lovable and he had a good heart, but he just lost his temper too easily. Yeah. I, look, I guess it's um, it probably changes a little bit from writer to writer as well. Yeah. Particularly, again, in the early days when the, it's not all as established that you're going to get that little bit of choppiness from one episode to another of the nuances of the character. I always go back to, um, it's Bart the genius. When yep. At the end, when uh, Bart's telling Homer that he loves him, and then Homer doesn't care, he still tries to tr- strangle him anyway. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that's like the epitome of bad father Homer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so going back to the scene where Flanders wakes up, he's in a sweat, because it's funny in the contrast in that is Homer's in bed, at, still angry at Flanders for being Flanders, when and no, Marge highlights that he didn't really do anything wrong. It's like, well, it's not what he said, it's how he said it. Well, how did he say it? Well, it's not that either. Like, yeah. He really he did nothing wrong. <laughs> yep. But Flanders, on the other hand, can't sleep because he feels guilty. Yep. I mean, really, he probably shouldn't feel guilty, like he said, but what I love about it is when he calls up Reverend Lovejoy. Yeah, the, I really, really love this. The first <laughs> of many to come. Yeah. But so funny, and it, it's such great. It, it was so great to see Reverend Lovejoy in that light of yep. you know you see behind the scenes and and the priest who would normally be so happy and uh, you know open and warm to everyone just being sarcastic and as you would expect to be at home. So I thought it was very funny. Probably stepped on a worm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> misquoting the Bible as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never remember that part of the Bible. And that's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, he writes the letter. He gives uh, Flanders the advice. So, Flanders writes the letter to Homer. Yep. And Homer's stormed off, gone for a walk to calm down as well. Yep. He sees Flanders drop off the letter and Flanders goes home. And then he's reading the... This is a great scene when he's reading the letter to the family. Yep. You are my brother. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and yet, I feel a great sadness <laughs> in my bosom. <laughs> Bosom. Wait, wait, more. I thought this was much funnier as a kid. The word bosom just seems so much funnier when it's I was a, 10. It's a comedy word. Some words yeah. just are funny naturally. And yeah. bosom is one of them. <laughs> there well, was a TV show called Bosom Buddies there was, with Tom yes, Hanks. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's, once it's in a sitcom, it's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> well, why was he feeling pain in his bosom? <laughs> No, well, is, is the that's where his heart is. Is that, is that the arse? No, 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 the bosom's the chest. Oh, okay. So, I've always thought bosom was arse. No, like, no, no. Because no you, can, to you clutch someone to your bosom. Ah, uh, okay. Your bosoms. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what the funniest part of that scene, though, is? Marge saying, how dare you say that or laugh at a man like that when he's pouring his heart out? Has to leave the room to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that as well. That's um, you, you. Every parent, I think, has had a moment where... 
and I say this as not a parent, but like you, you, where you've been, you know, you have to yell at somebody, but in the back of your head, you're like, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, what, what, someone suggests they go out as a family or something. One of them does that. And then yep. um, Homer says, let's go for mini golf and some frosty chocolate milkshakes. And what I like is he suggests they all go out at the spur of the moment, but Marge has to wash her hair and Lisa has to stay home for a mass to study for the maths test. Mm. What I liked about it is, that's realistic in the sense that if someone just said, let's go do this, but people are like, well, I've actually already got plans, you know? Yeah. That's just a little realism element that I liked. It was also a good way to set up that it was just Bart and Homer going to play mini golf. Yeah. So, they go to the mini golf center and Bart's beating Homer quite convincingly. I love that one of the, he gets it in the hole, it goes out to the car park. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's a pretty funny play on just what can happen in a mini golf. But I got it in the middle. I'm going to have to talk about, all right, a little bit early, one of the things that makes a great mini golf hole. Okay, then is where you've got two or three different options and you have to choose which way to go and mm. one of them straight in the hole and the other one is out in the car park. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it takes you back to being a young kid. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, I hilarious. The- I love those. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once, it might have been the ballerina one, I can't quite remember, but I was young and one of the holes was like a ramp. Yep. Or, or there, was, there was three ramps and you would hit up one of them, but there must have been a shield at the top of the ramp. So you would hit it up and it would come back out. Oh, and I would no. I'm like, I mustn't be hitting it hard enough. So yeah, I, so keep the, bashing it in. The harder I'd hit it in there, the faster it'd come out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mini golf's great. So they see Flanders and Todd at the mini golf center. And what I was going to say here is that I love the design of the mini golf center. What apparently happened was the animators got sent down to a local uh, mini golf center to get a feel for, to, apparently it was to get a feel for the design of the putting swing. Yeah, so, okay. So that they would design it, it wouldn't it would look fluent. So it looked natural. Real. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've actually got a quote here from the director of the episode, Rich Moore, where he said they did it because the realism of the background serves as the straight man for the absurd situations in the episode. Yeah, right. That works. Which I think is a really cool quote. Like yeah. they, they wanted realistic backgrounds so that they would contrast and make the absurd stuff that the characters are doing stand out more. Yeah. Sort of like a blurry background. Yeah. But, uh, the, really the, clever. Yeah. It, just, it speaks a lot to the volume of just how much more directors think about things than your average viewer thinks about it, but the viewer is then still impacted on it without even realising. Yeah. And that's definitely one of those moments where um, the, you know, the scenery in a, in a movie or a TV show can be as big of a character as anything else that you've got going on in there. Without sounding cocky, I think that's what sort of sets our podcast aside from the others, is the sense that whether you, people listening know it or not, I spent a lot of time, hours editing, not just editing the levels and whatnot, but going back and getting the episode and getting quotes from the episode. And it might only be four or five different quotes throughout the podcast from the actual episode, but they add something to it. Mm. And it's just seem, it's just seamless now because people just expect it. But- it's unfortunate about the ice addiction that you've developed to keep yourself <laughs> up late at night. We're going to have to talk about that. Don't tell people about that. <laughs> so anyway, so we're getting back. So they, they see Flanners and Todd there. And Todd... Todd's very much like Flanders. He's not meaning to rub it in, but he's just like, you know, it's quite simple. You just got to hit it, hug the rail. What annoyed me the most is maybe want to Put it in for him. an easy deuce. Uh, no, I love, I hate when he's just, it's, oh, I just want to slap Todd when he goes, Oh, wow, well, huh? It went in. Yeah. It's like, he's like that guy, you know when you're playing pool or like snooker and someone's like. He's like you. When you like, I like to do that. <laughs> yeah. When someone's like, I'm going to try and get it in there. Oh, I'm going to hit it. It won't go in there though. But in their back of their mind, they know it is. And when it goes in, they're like, oh, well, there you go. It went in. Mm. It's like, I hate that person. It's very smug. Yeah. It's very, very smug. <laughs> you were getting smug, and that's just why I brought you down playing pool. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, were you being smug? You weren't being I smug. I don't think I was being smug. I was but, being but drunk. So, but so you don't know when you're being smug. You said that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's proved, it's shown that we, they set up that Todd is good at golf, and Bart is not that great. You well, know, he's, he's like, okay. He's just he's average. Not, yeah. 
he can get the ball into the monkey's mouth or whatever it is that, that yeah. him and uh, Homer were playing. But Real- then, that's a really funny visual, by the way. The when Homer getting angry at the monkey yeah. and turning around in the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they see that the tournament is coming. Their first prize is $50. And they obviously, when they're kids, that's a lot of money. So Todd said he's going to answer him, but and Homer sees this as an opportunity to try and beat Flanders through his son. Yeah. So he makes Bart enter, and Bart's just like, I've never won anything in my life. And then this is another section where it makes Homer look bad. It highlights how much of a bad father he is at certain points when he says, John, this is the only time I'm ever going to say this. It is not okay to lose. <laughs> that's one of my favorite bits of Homer advice. <laughs> that's up there with the code of the schoolyard for me. But see, that's funny though because it's bad parenting, but it's funny. Yes, yeah, it's really funny. It's, it's not. It's not putting pressure on the child. Can you imagine how much pressure Bart would have been on? It? Oh yeah, it's not okay to lose. Oh, later when he quotes Vince Lombardi with "If you lose, you're out of the family." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I? What that scene was really written as though. Um, like as they're talking about your boy is better than, like my boy will beat your boy that was a flip of my dad could beat up your dad like that that comment you know oh uh, yeah the every every school kid has that argument of like well my dad's stronger than your dad and like, no he's not my dad will beat up you yeah. this is just that turned on its head of like yeah. my son is better at this than your son it's like no he's not my son's better than your son yeah, yeah. I, never, I never looked like that I, I also think in this scene again Flanders says a backhanded comment something like well I hope you're not pressuring the boy my Todd's awfully good Again, mm, again, mm. highlighting, I'm better than you, Homer. See, I'm, do, do you see that side of Flanders coming out? I do see it, but I just don't see it as him. If, if anything, he's oblivious. He doesn't mean to, but he's yeah. just fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they go and have their frosty chocolate milkshakes, and that's where Homer says that it's not okay to lose, and it cuts to the end of commercial. Bart's really nervous now because he's like, I don't want to disappoint my dad. Um, so Homer's trying to teach Bart how to play golf. He's got the dog standing there. Now, keep your head down. No, not you. I'm talking to the boy. Keep your head down. Follow through. Okay, that didn't work. This time, move your head and don't follow through. This reminds me of when, you know when you're trying to teach somebody sports, particularly like golf, a golf swing or a... Cricket, re- anything. It reminded yep. me of trying to teach Nicola how to play pool. Yeah, okay. I just don't even bother anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because I have my way and Nicola has her way and she wants to do it her way. Even though her way is wrong, she knows it's wrong. What does she do? What's wrong? Oh, the way she holds her hand, man. You know you hold your hand a certain yeah. way and you just got to rest, she, she rest it in between your thumb and your pointer finger? Yeah, your index finger. But she sort of like puts her hand flat. And it's just, oh, no. Oh, uh, no. And when she, Nicola, when what she, are you doing? When she swings, it's like she like hooks the shot and it always goes to the left. I'm like, just listen to me. I am listening. You're just not teaching me right. That's it. I give up. <laughs> That's it. Divorce papers. So it just, have you ever tried to teach somebody something to do with, particularly a golf swing? It's uh, impossible. Yeah, yeah. Golf, cricket's another one that's a really... Like any... There are a lot of those sorts of sports that are really unnatural. Like a baseball swing is a really simple thing to do. Well, it's not really simple to hit a baseball. It can be one of... That's one of the toughest things in sport. But the idea of the, the basics, if you put a ball on a tee... A tee and ball. gave someone a bat and said, swing at that, they're probably going to hit it. If you put a golf ball on a golf tee, give them a driver and say, now hit that 200 metres. If it's the first time I've picked up a club, they're probably not going to make contact at all. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> In short, sports are hard. <laughs> um, there's that really great quote as well in there from Homer where uh, it's as Todd's showing him how to do it. Like, he comes up and Homer gives it that, that shot's impossible. Oh, Jack yeah. Nicholson himself couldn't make that shot. <laughs> I, I really laughed at that. Now, if you're not a golf fan, you might not fully understand that joke. But obviously, Jack Nicholas being one of the greatest golfs of all time, Jack Nicholson, an actor, never played are golf. You sure? That's hilarious. Are yeah. you sure he says that? Absolutely positive. I'm going to have to go back and listen. Okay. <laughs> That's Play the clip. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but no, I'm sure. 
Because that was one of those ones where I was typing and then it pricked my ears. I was like... <laughs> I remember hearing that and just thinking that it was just them referencing Jack Nicholas. I did, it yeah. went straight over my head. You have, to, you have to, like... I don't know if you get this, but when I go back and watch these episodes, critically, I get... There are some jokes... Because you're looking at it through a different set of eyes to do this, like, a lot of the time I'm not laughing out loud. And then every now and then a joke will get me and I'll be like, ha! That, that was one of those ha! Yeah. moments. <laughs> now, after the, uh, Homer's given up virtually on trying to teach but had a part... Uh, Marge sees this and she's not happy with but uh, Marge and Lisa both see it they're not happy with what Homer's doing yep. but then we get your favourite scene in the whole episode the putter scene give your putter a name what? come on give it a name Mr. Putter mom you want to try a little harder son? come on give it a girl's name mom your putter's name is Charlene why? it just is that's why now of course this is straight from Full Metal Jacket yep. um, name your rifle is to you know to to become one with the rifle, yep. basically. Um, I would have liked to have seen a scene with Bart marching around his bedroom holding the putter and his <laughs> penis to say, this is my rifle, this is my gun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, so the uh, it, it's that great back and forth. Uh, just absolutely hilarious. Bart has no idea what's going on here. He doesn't understand any of it. None of it makes any sense at all. But Homer thinks that it's going to work. Like, it's just... You bluster your way through sports, basically. <laughs> it sort of highlights in this episode how the competition is now more important to Homer than it is to Bart. Yeah, definitely. Bart's the one in it. Yeah. And it's just, name it, Mr. Putter. It's yep. got to be a woman's name. Mom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's such a great 10-year-old yeah. response. Like, yeah. you don't know any women when you're 10. <laughs> exactly Mom. right. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> After that, Marge questions Homer's motives, and Homer comes back with a great comment. Because sometimes the only way you can feel good about yourself is by making someone else look bad. And I'm tired of making other people feel good about themselves. <sighs> that was a moment of humility for Homer. In, yeah. in that, like that was one of those bits where you just go, "Ah, oh, there's a bit of sympathy there." Yeah, because he, he, I wouldn't say he's had a rough life, but he's got a good family, he's got a good home, whatever. He's got mm. a roof over his head. He's got a sexy wife, according to the Simpsons people. But he's just—I don't know. There's something about it where he's just not quite at that level, and you feel like he dreams. Like he dreams of having the Dallas Cowboys. Like yeah. he, he, dream, he dreams big. He's yeah. never going to get that big. So, you just, you got to feel sorry for him. He dreams of eating a whole block of cheese. <laughs> he does that, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> Is it 75 or 74? I think so. <laughs> I think I'm blind. <laughs> no. I, I always... No, no, that one was uh, 62 slices of American 62. cheese. But there was something else about man eats whole cheese wheel. He made the paper. So I can't <laughs> remember which episode that is. I yeah. always forget that scene about eating the American cheese slices. Yeah. That's I'm, sort of my favourite. I, I think I'm fine. Uh, I, it always makes me happy hearing <laughs> that scene. Uh, what I like too is um, you see Bart, it cuts back to Bart and Lisa, and Bart's looking at his trophy case. and It's, like it's run, all runners-up. Runner-up participation award. Yep. Have you ever won one of them? Uh, I've come close, it, it, like a similar thing. When I, was in, on, when I was about 15 or 16 years old playing cricket, I had... Um, I came about third in the batting average and I came about second in the bowling average or fourth. I was in the top three or four on both sides, um, but not enough to get a trophy. But I was sort of, you know, in the mix. Despite the fact that I was a really average fielder, I got given the fielding award just, <laughs> just as compensation for not quite being good enough at the other two. It's like when I used to play Little League football, we used to have these awards and the best one was the McDonald's award. Everyone yeah, you'd to go win. get a Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And But they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily give them to the best players. They'd give it to the kids that they feel sorry for. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, you, I, you I give always, them to the ones that need to fill in numbers. Yeah, and I used to always complain to mum saying, I never get it. Mum's like, it's probably a good thing. I'm like, no, I want the Happy Meal award. But like, she goes, we'll just go buy McDonald's. And I'm thinking... It's probably a good thing that I didn't win that I award. I want the certificate. Yeah, I want, remember Student of the Week awards as well? Yeah. meant nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> 
that was the you felt teacher God. had to give it yeah. to at least every person once, in the class. Yeah, once it, like, when it got to like say three weeks before Christmas, you knew you weren't important if you were winning it then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to uh, Bart, I think it's in, yeah, it's in Bart's room. He's got his trophy case, but Lisa yeah. offers to help Bart. Yes, and it's probably good advice because Lisa gets Bart. She teaches him to be a good golfer pretty quickly. It makes me think, why didn't Lisa just take up mini golf? Again, through unconventional means, though. She doesn't teach him anything about putting stroke or anything along those lines. A little bit about geometry. Yeah. I can't believe it. You've actually found a practical use for geometry. But yeah, for the most part, she's about getting him into the right mental state to tackle the golf course. Yep. What I like... Finding his own happy place. (laughs) My favourite comment, though, in that scene before they actually go out and practice is that... It's times like this that I'm thankful Dad has little to no interest in almost everything I do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She knows that Homer's just not going to interfere. Yeah. It's, um... They're really starting to throw in a few more lines like that where Lisa is shown more and more to be head and shoulders above everyone else in the family. She's and, essentially like the parent of the family. And she knows it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, that is a very, very funny line. How cool is it when they walk into the library and she knows everyone? And hey, she's, gang. She's the old people. Hey, gang. Yeah. <laughs> They're all old people. But like we were saying, my, my favourite line in the whole thing is, you actually found a practical use for geometry. Yeah. But what, wouldn't you think Lisa would take up mini golf if she is able to teach it so well? Why doesn't she just do it herself and win all the money? Well, she doesn't care about mini golf. She just wanted to help Bart out. Yeah, that was like that's the other thing I really like about this for her is her motives were more about that. Like you know, Dad is going to screw him up. This you know, I was about to say this episode. She's not thinking episode, but she's like, like, this is not going to end well for Bart. I can save him. Yeah, like that was a nice little sisterly thing to do. Have we not mentioned the one hand clapping either? Well, I think we mentioned it at the end of last episode, (laughs) of our last podcast. But yeah, that is very funny as well that those. Mystical questions that there's two different ways of looking at those. You could either do it uh, literally, and as you, like, you know, what is the sound of a tree falling? It's like easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you can take the more mystical approach and just that moment where Bart's eyes go like, not, it's not cross eyed, it's like reverse cross eyed where they both stick out. It's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, what's Lisa's line after that or something like It's time. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back to the, the geometry comment, what I liked about it was that when you're at school, well, I did anyway. I was doing maths and I'm thinking, I'm never going to use this in real life. Why did I need to know all this geometry stuff? Mm. Oh, did, did you enjoy maths? I actually, I actually did, but I know a lot of other people that were in class going, well, when am I ever going to use algebra? What do I need to know? Like, that was use always algebra? the most common. You don't necessarily use algebra, but you use the skills that you need to know in learning algebra. Like what? Like, well, simple stuff of if you know what two, you know, if you know what two lengths are, trying to figure out what the other one is. Yeah, I guess. Like, you know, let's, a, a practical example, say you're, um, I don't know, maybe you need to buy a ladder and you want to know how long that ladder has to be. So, you're like, well, I know that I can put the ladder four metres away from my house. And Have I know you that ever grown a ladder in your life? I used to get tennis balls off roofs a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> you find all old balls. And like, oh, I haven't oh, had, right. I haven't had as much use for ladders in the recent years. Yeah. Do you think, I'm um, getting back to, um, to the episode. Uh, that when they're doing the practicing montage, there's one where Bart's hitting balls into the, on the snooker table. Yeah. He's putting balls in. And two guys take him off to play pool. Yeah, that's pretty funny, actually. One of, one of them's crusty with that makeup on. Yeah, I noticed that. He looked like jail crusty. Yeah, even if it's not meant to be crusty, do you think Matt Groening watched that and went, why does he look like crusty? I reckon they, yeah, I reckon that would have um, pissed him off with that whole, you know, how they had the thing of not wanting to make background characters look recognisable. Yeah. Particularly, like, why did you use someone that's so similar? But yeah. G- give him the same colour hair and everything. Yeah, it's uh, the pointiness. It was, uh, it was very strange, kind of distracting to the eye to see that happen. I don't know whether that makes me a Simpsons super nerd, but if I sat there thinking, I wonder if Matt Groening was annoyed by that. Well, 
well, Matt, you're probably listening to this, so can you write in? Yeah, messages on the page. It's the only way you can contact us. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along, uh, Homer and Flanders eventually make the, the wager that everyone remembers the episode for mm. that whoever loses, uh, the, the child who doesn't win. Yeah, the, loser is such a harsh word. Yeah. We just forgot, sorry, one quick bit, obviously, the Karate yeah. Kid reference. Ah, yeah, of yeah, course. Sorry, yeah. we, we need to point that out, that if you're going back to watch this classic moment, and Bart, uh, sorry, Homer, come around with Bart, what are you doing? Get down from there. <laughs> So, yeah, so Flanders and Homer make the wager of the father of the boy who doesn't win yep. has to his the neighbor's lawn in his wife's Sunday dress. Yeah. Which I always thought, how was Homer going to fit into Marge's dress? But anyway, he somehow does at the end. Yeah, that would have needed some alteration, surely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have needed to get the uh, Silence of the Lambs guy to come in and just fix it. Uh, as a about g- a size 14. <laughs> as a kid, though, I never really looked at it that Flanders wanting to get rid of the word loser because it's harsh comes back to bite him on the ass. Yeah, it does it ever. Because they had to have left the word loser, then neither, neither of them would have had to have neither done it. Neither of them would have had to have done it. He enjoyed mowing the lawn in the wife's dress anyway. It doesn't really matter. But, yeah. you know, it's just that was a good setup for the gag at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, Marge is like, I hope blood won't be necessary. When yeah, for the signing. Yep. I'm game if you are, Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to this epic golf tournament. Mm. The, the, I love that how, the, how over the top it is is what makes it so great and so charming. Yeah, the, English, the, the English guy commentating <laughs> it. I, I'm sitting there thinking... Um, I didn't say much. Mitch would have really appreciate this. I did. I I was <laughs> flashing back to all of my favorite golf movies while I was watching this little bit, like uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance being one of them. Tin Cup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is like, that Bagger Vance? Is that Will Smith? Yeah, Will yeah, Smith yeah. and Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it is just as you said, it's the uh, the pompousness of the whole spectacle. Like the. What? Uh, What's funny about it is that the, the grand prize is $50. Why would anyone be there watching it? Who's tournament? coming down to commentate? That's why the grand prize is only 50 bucks, because they had to pay a guy eight grand to come across from the UK. Like, it's so unrealistic, but that's what makes it so great. It's just, yeah. I, I've learned to just appreciate the... Because you always call me out and you're like, it doesn't have to be realistic all the time, Dando. I'm like, okay, I get it. This is just funny. <laughs> this is meant to be stupid. You know? Yeah, of course. And it's just the, the crowd's there and everyone's clapping. and So basically, it gets to the end and Todd's like a foot away from the hole and Bart almost loses. It's sort of like that heart-wrenching moment where you think Bart's going to screw it up. Yeah. But the ending comes, it's such a bait and switch because you never expect that to happen. No, no, you don't. You, you, I, I just thought that Todd was going to win or someone was going to... You thought that someone was going to win, someone was going to lose. Win, yeah. And then how often do you see kids be the adults in this situation and go, you know what? It doesn't matter if we win or lose. Who cares? So yeah, exactly. We Let's call just it a draw. Away. Yeah. They pull out the rule book. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a draw. You will forgive an old Brit for crying, but this is the most stirring display of gallantry and sportsmanship since Mountbatten gave Ninja back to the Punjabs. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the commentators are so... They seem so camp to me. Yeah, they, they definitely were, yeah. It's um, <laughs> so over the top, but very, very, very funny. Um, but you're right, and that comes back to what I was talking before about the the adults having a childish argument and it takes the kids to be, as you just said then, it takes them to be the adults in the situation and go, you know, this is actually kind of ridiculous. Let's just walk away. You know what I've just realised? Lisa on Ice is a ripoff of Dead Putting Society. Uh, it definitely follows some similar beats. Yeah. The ending is exactly the same. Yeah. They both decide that there's no need to have a winner or loser. And it's just called a draw. Yeah. And then as Homer says, they're both losers. Yeah. But so Flanders is happy. He's proud of his son, proud of the boys that they did what they did. And uh, Homer says, no, 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 you're not getting out of it yet. Because Flanders says we don't have to do the, the wager anymore. Follow through, yep. And I was like, oh. He tries to be the bigger man there though, Flanders. As yeah. Well. Like he, he doesn't say that to try and get out of it. He's like, we should probably follow the boy's example here and, and move along. be mature about it. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we have to put dresses on, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I got it right here in writing. The father of the boy who doesn't win has to mow the lawn in his wife's Sunday dress. Yeah, but neither. I mean, we're both... I- 
I mean, you have to do it too. It's a small price to pay to see you humiliate yourself. And then, and then as we said, Homer somehow fits into Marge's dress and Flanders is wearing Maud's dress. Yep. Mo- what, is, what does Flanders say? Sort of takes me back to my old fraternity days. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he's enjoying it. Could you imagine Flanders as, as a fraternity boy? That's like, what I was know, thinking too. Yeah. Like Revenge of the Nerd style <laughs> living in... What do they call those houses? Uh, a frat house. Frat house, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a happy ending. It's a funny ending because... Well, first of all, you wouldn't think Flannis would enjoy being in a dress because he's a church Ultra Christian, yeah. Yes. And secondly, you didn't think the kids were going to be the adult in the situation at the end. So yeah, no. It's, it's a good ending. I, I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. And I like the fact that... Um, like, there's that whole thing that, you know, Bart's been told to hate him the whole episode, but he really has no reason to. And at the very end, he realizes that. It's yeah. Like, what's the point of the competition? Like, yeah. You know, yeah, we can be friends. Would you call this a Bart episode or a Homer episode? Ooh, I would call this more of a Homer episode. Yeah, I'd get Bart. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I, know. Well, I, guess, I guess it's pretty well split down the middle. It's more of a Homer Bart dynamic. That, I guess you could say the story of the episode, though, is Homer and Flanders's. For me, it's more feud. about the yeah the the feud between Homer and Flanders. More so, like the the mini golf is a means to an end. It's more about showing the neighborhood, sorry, the neighbor rivalry. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because watching this, I had this in my notes written down as a Bart episode. Because I was going to talk about how it is Bart orientated, and then Bart Mania was sort of at its prime at that point. But yeah, like you said, it's it's more of a Homer the, episode. The actual theme of it has very little to do with Bart at all. It starts with Homer and Flanders having an argument, and it ends with Homer and Flanders having the argument, or trying to settle the argument, you yeah. know, and move along with their lives. Yeah, every, so every action from the episode is a direct result of their argument and their feud. Whenever I watch these old episodes, you know what I think in my head? I'm just... Mitch overthinks these? No, no. <laughs> it, it annoys me that... or it, I wouldn't say it upsets me, but it just bothers me, bothers me that I wasn't old enough to appreciate the Simpsons in their... Actual in prime. their prime, yeah. Like I, I, I did towards the mid to late nineties, you know. But in these earlier days, I, would, I just they were on, but I didn't know what they were. You it's know? interesting to know, like though, if you'd been eighteen in nineteen ninety one, would you have been sitting down to watch The Simpsons? Um, I wouldn't. You wouldn't think so. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I would have had I not grown up on them. I think, um, I think who watched The Simpsons is, I think who does watch The Simpsons is adults. And kids. Yeah. Not, like, the, not the middle years. It was families. Like, yeah. families would sit down and watch TV together. With their kids. You wouldn't yeah. get teenagers. Or, I mean, look, today, it'd probably be a different story with the way video on demand and Netflix and all that sort of stuff goes. Like, you know, Bob's Burgers and BoJack Horseman and a bunch of cartoons that are coming out now where adults or, you know, people in their 20s and 30s will be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll check this out and I'll watch it purely for myself. But in that situation in 1990, it really was just, a, it came on at a family time and it was for, as you said, parents and kids to sit down and watch TV together. It's very rare that a 22-year-old is going to sit down and watch TV with his family because he wants to be off doing his own thing being a 22-year-old. I would always go off my bedroom and watch TV. Even when I was eating my tea, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, watching Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course you were. <laughs> so that's Dead Putting Society. Tell us what you guys think as well, whether you appreciate the episode, message us on the Facebook page. We'd love to hear what you guys think. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn, Mitch, from Dead Putting Society? Um, I... What did I learn this way? Well, I learned that I learned that often the conservative approach is the best approach to mini golf. Yes, it is. Hug the rail. Hug the rail and then tap it in for an easy deuce. <laughs> you know what I learned? Apparently Todd's voice hasn't quite broken yet. It's nowhere near as high a pitch as it normally is. Yeah, that's true. Although that would mean it's breaking in reverse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so, so his voice had broken and then somehow D breaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he unpubertied. Yes. Yeah. As he got older. So that's what we learned. So let's get into some trivia. Do you have some trivia for me? Mitch? I do have some trivia for you. So obviously the episode ended on a very famous tie 
What score were they tied on oh, through wow. 17 holes? I don't know. What was it? Minus eight. Really? They were tied at eight under par. Oh, well done. I did, which I, is a hell of an effort in yeah. 17 holes of mini golf. That's it Tiger is. Woods style. That is, yeah. Uh, my trivia. Although this was the first appearance of Maud Flanders, yep. the woman who voiced her, Maggie Roswell, also voiced a character in the first season. Which character was it? Ooh. Um, Played a major role in an episode. In the first season? Yeah. Okay. Um, Played a big role in one episode from the first season, although she didn't have many lines. Didn't have many lines, but had a lot to do. I'm racking my head to try and think of what episodes have had in that first season. Had some different people come in and out. I don't know. Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. Um, um, who was the stripper? Princess Kashmir. Princess yeah. Kashmir. It was her, yeah. Yes! <laughs> Took your time, Mitch. Yeah, I did. But Sorry, you, you I probably to I gave you as many clues as possible without telling you who it was. Now, well, well, all right then, if you want to be all high and mighty <laughs> No, about no, it. you did well. I didn't, know, I didn't know negative eight. Question two, because I always like to have two. Yep. Name other recurring, name one of them, other recurring characters that she has voiced since then. Who are, major, who are major characters? I would consider them main characters. Okay. Um, There's three main ones that I know of. You can just name any of them. Okay, I'll give you a hint because you're taking some time. All right, I'll give you a hint. One of them appeared in this episode. I need thinking music more than it. Um, the Jeopardy music. One of, them played, one of them appeared in this episode. Who else was in this episode? A library lady? Nope. Helen Lovejoy. Oh, she voiced Helen. She also I voiced, should know that. I also know that she voiced Miss Hoover. Okay. And she voices Luann Van Helton. Van okay, Helton. so whenever you need a housewife, basically, you just yeah. go to her. Yeah. So, and as a I housewife said, or a stripper. We, because she's a current voice still, we should totally interview her when she comes to Melbourne. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be so insanely cool if we could get that done. Yeah, so AMC Kevin Expo. Smith was happy to go on our show. She <laughs> should be happy <laughs> yes. to go on our show. We should plug them again because they're now sponsors of Torrent This. AMC Expo in Melbourne. I think it's October 17th and 18th. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But just so Make sure you're getting along with that, guys. They're always a hell of a lot of fun. Yes. It's formerly the Armageddon Expo. It's now called AMC. Yep. Yeah, so amcexpo.com.au to get yourself some tickets for that one. Yep. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. Okay, so another week of the mailbag. Now, this is Mitch's forte. This is where he goes and gets all the questions. Before we start recording, we're like, shit, we better get some mailbag questions. Yeah, I always forget, and then I race through. So, But I am doing... When I say I always forget, I do keep a record of everything that's come through. I oh, just, 100%. Yeah. I don't always bring them over to the, to the house. Uh, so, we are going to kick this one off with Peter Brown. Yeah. Uh, who writes in, he would like to know who is our least favourite character from the early seasons of The Simpsons. In regards to main characters, like recurring characters, I would say probably I don't like the character of Smithers. I feel like he's just, he's always out to get Homer. Yeah. Even though Homer's really nev- never done anything wrong to, to Smithers, Yep, he's always got it out for him. He always goes out of his way to make Homer's life hell. Even though Homer's really done nothing wrong to Smithers, Smithers just doesn't like the fact that Mr. For example, Mr. Burns liked Homer in uh, Ho- uh, Simpson and Delisle. Yep. And that annoyed Smithers because he wasn't getting the attention from Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was, was being a, really, a bitch about it. He was a, he's really possessive. He's Smithers. jealous. Yeah. yeah and, a jealous, and, jealous guy with a girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, well, he stays that way the whole way through, I guess. But the dynamic does change a little bit. I, I don't guess. think he gets... I think he gets more... Um, I don't know. He doesn't seem as, not as uptight, I guess, as the series goes on. Mm. Uh, what would you say? I don't know. I, I Look, I... I don't have as big a problem as you do in that I I don't mind it for the... I'd probably not like Smithers if I met him in real life, but from a storytelling perspective, I don't mind Smithers as a character as a whole. Okay. So, i got no real issues. But we were just talking about the first two seasons or something. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. only early on. Yeah. For me, look, again, and this probably again comes down to comparing someone early to someone later on, Barney at this point. Like, obviously Barney's only a peripheral character, but he wasn't written... 
well at all. He's just a real slob and didn't... He's a dirtbag. Didn't need to be there. Yeah, like there's In that... the first episode, he's a scumbag. He is. He's a real sleazeball. And that, that was specifically what I was thinking of. That they, they turn him around and they turn him into a character worth having. But early on, he's not. Bl- blonde, you mean Blonde Barney, yeah? Blonde Barney, yeah. Blonde <laughs> Barney I don't like at all. So, thanks for the question. Was it Peter? Was it, uh, Peter it was Brown? Peter Brown. Thank so you very next much. question. Ashley Denneman would uh, like to know, what is our earliest memory of The Simpsons? Now, I guess you could take that question two ways. Either, what is your earliest, um, you know, what episode do you remember earliest or what moment... Or what is your, just you, you know, like, what do you remember about watching The Simpsons when you were a kid? Or in your case, as we found out, not being allowed to watch them when you were a kid. <laughs> because I watched them and tried to get a knife out of the drawer. Yeah. Um, my, two, my two earliest memories. First one would be, uh, watching, I was a diehard Muppets fan. I still like the Muppets. Yep. I worshipped the Muppets. Muppets were my, were my jam when I was a kid. Yep. And my nan used to go home. She worked at Grosby Footwear in Geelong. It's closed now, but she used to, used to start at like six in the morning. I think the Muppets every weekday morning. She would record it for me and I'd go back and watch it. And because she wasn't home, she was at work, I'd get the commercials. And I still have the tape to this day of it saying, The Simpsons, this week, uh, Bart the Genius, it's like, which is like episode two. Yep. Brand new, it's like, it's like brand new series, The Simpsons, 210. I just think that's so cool to see that The Simpsons weren't even a thing when this commercial aired. My other memory is when um, going to the video shop and seeing th- these tapes here that I have in front of me, those Simpsons tapes. Yeah, you put a photo of those ones up yeah, on the, on uh, the Facebook, Facebook page. page. Yeah, those tapes would be on the shelf. And I would always grab one of the tapes and just put it in the pile of videos and just to see whether mum would just not pay attention. It would get to, I'd, get to, <laughs> <laughs> I'd get to hire it. Nope. Yeah, that's like trying to slip porn under a yeah. newspaper or something <laughs> yeah. like that. She had like the sign, do not, like, do not hire out to this boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Sorry, we promised your mum you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've still got. I went out and bought those tapes. That's but, um, cool. Yeah, so, um, one of my earliest is probably uh, the Foxtel commercials. Foxtel is pay TV in Australia now. For people in America in particular, and we have a lot of international listeners to the show, you have to understand that in Australia in the nineties, we had like four channels. We had um, Showtime. No, 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 not on Foxtel. I mean, oh, free to wear. Free to wear. Sorry, like yep. we we had no form of cable. Or oh, no, there was no nothing. pay TV. We had. Uh, Channel 2, which is like government funded, it's like their PBS. Uh, then, Has great great kids shows on it though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10. That was pretty much it. They were your three network Are they like your NBC, CBS kind of thing? Kind of, but yeah. nowhere near the same league. But yep. yeah. Um, then, then all of a sudden, this new, I don't even know what it was, but it was exciting. Like they had these big, like booming letters, like spelling Foxtel and no, no. Bart well, Simpson. When it first came out, it was Galaxy. Oh, was it Galaxy? Oh, well, yes. Still, the point is pay TV was coming out. Oh, but the catchphrase yeah. I remember is, I want my Foxtel. Yeah. Um, so, th- that was it for me. Like, when I was a kid, like, it opened... That was probably the greatest selling campaign that I was ever influenced by. It was like, w- we need this. What is it? I can, watch <laughs> like, the, I can watch The Simpsons, as, what, four times a day? I want it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, ultimately, I was able to pester my mother enough to get Foxtel. And, I, oh, man, I would stay up until... I remember that I used to have a, a schedule where I would stay up until about four o'clock on a Saturday morning. Sorry, Saturday, like Saturday evening, Saturday stroke Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, because Mr. Ed came on at 3.30 in the morning. Really? I, I would go through the guide with like a- How good was it getting a, the Foxtel book and reading yeah. through it? Like, oh, I'm going to make sure I tape that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I'm, I was circling things with the felt yeah, tip highlight, highlighting it. And then yeah. the wrestling kicked off at eight. So oh, I'd so stay good. up until four watching Mr. Ed. I'd go to bed for three and a half hours and then I'd wake up again to be ready for the wrestling to <laughs> come on. Um, but yeah, so that was all thanks to Bart Simpson and all thanks to those ads. No wonder more movie lovers are saying, I want my Foxtel! 
How great was it when you first got Foxtel and you wake up Saturday morning and you're like, oh my God. The Simpsons are on forever. Super Simpsons weekends. Yeah. They, oh, they were the best. They just go for three, four hours maybe? Uh, nine to 12. Non-stop, sure. back to back. Wow. It was just the best. And this is, I mean, you got you to appreciate for all you younger listeners out there, we didn't have YouTube. We couldn't go and de- we couldn't DVR things. No, you can't download stuff. You can't. You couldn't download anything. We didn't have. Did we even have the internet at that point? Maybe. Uh, no, no, like, not it, that it early. It wasn't a thing. Like you couldn't download things off the internet. No. By that point, if something was on TV, you watched it then, and that was it, unless you taped it. Yep. And I always remember that we. Do you remember in two thousand when the Olympics were on? Did you have Foxtel at that point in uh, two thousand? Broken home. I think I was living in a house without <laughs> Foxtel at that time. <laughs> okay. They had this thing called the Simpsons Fan Fest on Fox Eight. Okay. And I remember the lead up to it, like the Olympics were coming. And it was just non-stop Simpsons for the two, the full two weeks. Yeah, right. The Olympics been on. It never been done before. Yep. And I remember going. I remember. I can still remember it like in my head, clear clear as anything. Going to Karaya Village, and buying videotapes so that I could tape the entire marathon. And my dad bought me like fifteen three-hour tapes so that I could put it on long play and then tape it for six hours. We should point out to people that Karaya Village is a shopping center, not an actual village. <laughs> he hasn't just gone <laughs> off. To a little village that is based entirely around videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was close to home because I grew up in the hood of Geelong. And, um, it's the mean streets. It's like the Bronx of Geelong. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember Dad coming out with these 15 tapes and I was like, this is heaven. Because I was trying to work it out, <laughs> how many hours is this going to be? So it was like three hours, maybe four hour tapes. But yeah. Remember when you used to tape things on long play, the quality would drop a fraction, yeah, but, but twice get, as long. You get twice as long out so of it. So it was yeah. like eight hour tapes. And they, I lived off those tapes, man, for years. Like yeah. I, I would go to bed. And I would have them marked up FanFest 1, FanFest 2, because they played them all in order. Yeah. And actually, no, they played them all in themed days. So they'd have Halloween days, they'd have Bart days, they'd have Homer okay. days. And it was just the greatest thing of all time. See, the only thing that I, I did a similar thing, but it was with the Simpsons, uh, the Seinfeld Marathon. The first time the Seinfeld Marathon on ever 10? ran on. Yeah. Oh, how good um, was it? Because, you know, again, DVDs, not only did they not exist, you couldn't have even imagined the no. fact that I would be able to buy, you know, all of Seinfeld on DVD in the future. So I clutched onto those videos. And like you cut out the ads as well. Wave. Yeah, yeah. We're going off on a huge tangent here of like memories of The Simpsons, but how good That's is it? That's what the question was. I know, but, <laughs> but it's not just our first memories anymore. How good is it just reminiscing about stuff like that? Yeah, no, just nice. There's nothing. I've actually, you know what I've found from the Facebook page? People love nostalgia. No, oh, we need like to, you, you threw out the photo of um, the songs in the cave Springfield yeah. album and just said, "Who remembers this?" The amount of comments that are just people going, like taking someone else going, "Remember this?" and that person says, "Yes, I do." So, what's <laughs> the next question? Uh, the final question in the mailbag for and this non-Simpsons week. Non-Simpsons one. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this is a non-Simpsons one. This is coming in from Jake Waterworth. Mm-hmm. Waterworth. Sorry. Waterworth. Waterworth. Which is a name with a really high budget. And a, a, no, I'm trying to make a Waterworld joke there, but it's not quite going to happen for me. Yep. Uh, Jake would. Uh, so he obviously mentioned the fact that I bumped into Kevin Smith. Bumped into Kevin Smith. I stalked Kevin yeah. Smith for the sake of the podcast. Grabbed him by the neck and top, pulled him over to you. Yeah. Um, and has mentioned, you know, we were lucky enough to meet one of our heroes for that. Um, so he would like to know who are some other heroes of ours. Now, he doesn't mention. Like, it could be sporting heroes, it could be creatively, well, you know, just people that inspire us, I guess, is what he's after here. Would you like me to go first? Well, I asked I the question, to, so I, please I was, do. I was going to burp, and then I was like, wait for you to say something. You didn't say something. I'm like, do you want me to say something? And then you get the burp. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so I'll go first. So, mine, I was, when you first told me that question, I thought of Joel Salwood. I don't know why, because yep. I, I think it's just, when you support a team, the person that leads that team, 
you believe in them, yeah. you know, because they are that team. So, Joel Salwood is the captain of the Geelong Football, Football Club. Club. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with someone more, a bit more obscure that only wrestling fans would know. Ooh. And his name's Eric Bischoff. Do you know Eric Bischoff? Oh, I know. That name sounds vaguely familiar to me. Eric Bischoff is basically... So, if you were a fan of, the, of wrestling in the 90s, you would be aware that there was two companies rivaling called WWF, yep. WWE, and WCW. Yes. So, basically, WCW was a company that was losing millions and millions of dollars. Pretty much, it was just owned by a guy who didn't know how to run a wrestling business. He just wanted to own one. Okay. And then he hired in this guy called Eric Bischoff to be an announcer. And then a job came up on the board somewhere saying that they're looking for an executive producer of the show, someone to a new direction. And he went for it. And this guy was just a salesman. He was yep. a door-to-door salesman who got involved in the wrestling business, became an announcer, put his name in the hat. He got the, he got the job because he sold himself, right? Yep. He created a show called Monday Night Nitro, which was run by WCW. Yep. That went on to spark the what's called as the Attitude Era in the wrestling world, where every Monday night, these two rival companies would be competing. And basically, Eric Bischoff, the tactics he used to turn... Within within 12 months, within 18 months, their company went from losing $20 million to making a profit. That's, that's now, damn me, impressive. That is just genius work. You're listening to Four Figure Leg Lock, Australia's <laughs> favorite wrestling-based podcast. So, Eric Bischoff is my hero. <laughs> okay. Um... Cool. Uh, well, I was sort of having a, a bit of a think as well, and for me, I'm very much a creative person, so a lot of my heroes and people that I'm inspired by probably tend to be creative people as well. I could go down the sports angle with a... a I thought you were going to say Luke Hodge. Yeah, Luke Hodge, who's the captain of Hawthorne and is everybody's hero. Uh, there's um, there's obviously actual heroes like Superman, um, who I've always found really inspiring, the really good Superman stories. People that just are good for the sake of being good. I, I really like the brave men and women of the New York Fire Department. Um, <laughs> all of those sorts of things. But no, uh, I, I even um, on an international sporting stage for Australia, Steve Waugh will always be one of the biggest ones for me. In uh, Steve Waugh was a cricketer, um, captain Australia for a very long time and was known for being one of those guys that when, when the chips were down, he was going to stand up. Like he averaged... He was a much better player when his team was in trouble. If things were going well, you probably weren't going to get the best from him. But when you needed someone to fight, he was the one that was going to do it. But to go with more of a creative sense, and because it kind of ties in a little bit with what we're trying to do here with the website and all that sort of thing, I really like... And it's almost similar to Kevin Smith. Like Kevin Smith launched his career by... you know, As you said, he just made a movie that he wanted to see. He was like, people aren't doing this. I'll do it. I'll make it off credit cards and and fingers crossed. So, guys for me, like Quentin Tarantino, you know, dude was just working in a video store, wrote a movie and made, you know, he made his own way. And Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are a couple other guys that I really, really look up to that fact of like, they weren't getting the roles that they wanted. So, they they just wrote one for themselves. Like, I, I love the people of instead of sitting around and waiting for someone to hand you everything that you've wanted on a plate, the people that just go, well, fuck it, I'll hand it to myself. I'll go out and do it. Like, it's a, anyone that does that. I mean, I've picked a couple fairly narrow-minded examples because it's just off the top of my head. But it's so empowering to know that, like, anyone can do it. You, it might not work and you're not all going to become Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but you could become something just go out and do it. Make something of yourself. That's like me with the, like you're saying with the website. I used to do stuff in community radio and I was waiting for that opportunity on commercial radio and it turns out once I got on commercial radio, it wasn't really my thing anyway. Yep. But I was thinking, my my mindset was, you know what? If they're not going to fucking give me a, a spot on radio, I'll just make my own fucking podcast station like on the internet, my own website. Yep. Torrance was originally going to be just a hub of podcasts but it branched out into articles and whatnot that we do now. But a lot of people say to me, where do you get the time to do it? And I just always come back with, I just make the time. 
Yeah. I want it to succeed, so I will make time. Yeah. I say sometimes I'm up till three in the morning. I get up at six thirty to go to work. It doesn't fucking matter because I want this to be done. And if I don't put in the hard work and the ice. Yeah, and if I don't put in the hard work, I won't get the results. But I feel like now we're finally starting to get those results. Yeah, and that can drive you more than any amount of sleep. Yeah, um, n- now that I can see people, like for example, we said at the very start of the podcast, people are responding, people are looking forward to listening to the show. Hmm. It's like, fuck, for so long I've been trying to get people to show an interest in what I'm doing. To listen to me. And all it took was just to talk about The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> all this time. Yeah, Basically, it's a case of find something that no one else is doing. Or find something that people are doing or but aren't doing properly. Find something that you love and do it better than anyone else. That's what, and that's what we're doing here. No, hang on, that came out a little okay. bit wrong. I'm not saying that's what we're, we're trying to do. Yeah, that's we're what just I'm... trying to be. We're trying to be the best that we possibly can with something we're passionate about. Because I always listen to TV show podcasts, as we've said on the podcast previously. Yeah. And it bothered me that there wasn't a decent, really, really decent Simpsons based. I'm not saying that we're really, really decent, but I'm just saying. I'm trying to create that show that I was looking for. We're pretty decent. <laughs> and hopefully hopefully we are. So let's get into some shares before we get out of here because I've got some din-dins to go to. You do have uh, an engagement, yes. Uh, okay, so we're going to keep... Now, we mentioned this at the top of the episode that there's a certain young boy... Seven-year-old. ...hopefully is listening. So uh, Brandon Coburn has written in. He often drives around in the car with his sons. He has three sons, Ethan, Emma, What a man. ...and Evan. Now, what I like about this is that, uh, as he put it, Mama Coburn doesn't allow them to watch The Simpsons, so they will listen to the podcast in the car. <laughs> now, Mama P- Coburn clearly has not listened to this podcast before, <laughs> so good on you, Brandon, for keeping that one a secret. But I, I really love the fact that we're, you know, we're helping some father-son bonding time out there. Um, there was a really cool photo that we got sent of Ethan as well, just rocking a little Minecraft game on his iPad there. So, Ethan, big thumbs up to you, mate. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you're enjoying it. Don't don't swear as much as we do or you will get in trouble. Yes. Don't yeah. tell mum that you're listening. Yeah. Uh, hopefully there wasn't an awkward one after our uh, movie uh, audio commentary where Father Coburn had to explain to Son Coburn <laughs> what Tub Girl was. <laughs> Who else have we got? Jevin Nealon's written in from Ireland. Um, do you reckon it's Javen or Jevin? Well, how do you spell it? J-E-V-A-N. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jevin? Jevin. Um, whatever it is. But anyway, so he, he was saying, well, probably not Javan. <laughs> that'd be from France. We still haven't had a French person write in. Haven't we? I think we've had one. Uh, no, we had someone who was in France, but I don't think we've had okay. a French person. So, he, Jevin was saying that he, Jevin, Javan, whatever, Mr. Nealon was saying that he was having a really hard time with our accents early on, but has stuck through it and has uh, really been enjoying it. Um, now, and it occurred to me, it has been quite some time since I've done a really offensive accent of somebody else's. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, I, Wait, were I, you trying to do one then? No, I, well, I kind of got stuck in between laughter and actually doing it. We need to, you know, to, you know to acknowledge, though. Yes. I was right. What were you right about? What her name was, but she says that she likes our accents. Yes, that's right. She does like our normal accents, yeah. <laughs> not me doing bad accents. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, thi- the hard thing for me with the Irish accent is whenever I try to do it, I go all leprechaun. Like it's that yeah. like well what do you think you're doing Patty like that kind of, it's, yeah. it's like Nicola does it's hard really, to do it with a really deep voice for me Nicola does a really good Irish accent does okay cool. obviously she's bordering on worst that. Irish accent that I've ever seen uh, Back to the Future Part Three and uh, the best Irish accent that I've ever seen Colin Farrell in uh, in Bruges he is Irish isn't he legitimately for Colin Farrell's first three or four movies I thought he was American. Because he does the American accent so well. Same with um, and then Liam Neeson. I saw him. He's not Irish, but he's yeah, uh, he's something. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I saw him doing a, a press kit for um for phone booth, and yeah, he's like, well, when we were shooting the movie, I was like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and who, who's the other one? Uh, the guy from House, uh, Hugh Laurie's English. Yeah, he's got yeah. a really, really strong English accent as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's, he's all like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Jeremy Wagner um, had... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an actor's name. Jeremy Wagner. It does, actually. It's very yeah. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cross between that and who... Oh, no, I was thinking Jeremy Irons. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, Wagner, it suits. Yeah. Um, and, or, he had, and the award goes wanted, to Jeremy Wagner. Or if he was working in international film. Jeremy Wagner. <laughs> um, but Jeremy uh, got drunk and started messaging us from Hawaii. So oh, I, he did too. He was, cook, was, he was cooking coconuts and shit. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you very much for keeping our week as entertaining as it was. He's like the usual, you know, fish and coconuts. I was yeah, like, exactly. Where is that usual? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, let us know when WrestleMania is coming to your hometown. Yes. And uh, the final one that we've got for today, Josh Davis, thank you very much for touching base and correcting us on the sort of the the vibe of baseball oh, in yeah, general yeah. in the states, he was really very polite of, at saying you guys have no idea what you're talking about, but it's charming. <laughs> yeah. In his exact words, like yeah. you don't know what you're doing, but it's kind of cute. Saying, he's very polite in the way he said it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a Red Sox fan, as you would expect, uh, as someone from Boston. Well, you're to from be. Geelong. Who do you barrack for? I'm from Geelong, and I do not barrack for Geelong. <laughs> but that's how it rolls in Australia. Yeah. In America, it's more kind of patriotic. Very patriotic they their love hometown. their towns. Yeah. They love every yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. That's it for the shout-outs that I've got so far this week. I mean, look, shout-outs to everybody in general that's written in, but they're the ones that we've got so far. Keep them coming in because we will be naming you. You can, you know, you, look, there aren't many podcasts out there, I reckon, that you could write in and then definitely say to your friends, oh, you should listen to this now because these dudes in Australia are going to mention me and they're probably going to say nice things about me. Oh, there was somebody that wanted us to mention someone's name. I think it was Josh Davies. He said he only has one friend that likes The Simpsons. Yes, he does, and could not be more perfectly named. What is it? Corey. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey. Corey. Oh, yeah. The story. <laughs> Allegory. The, the Lisa's first story. Yes. Uh, so, Corey, if you're listening, uh, and Jeremy's promised that you were going to be introduced to the show, g'day. Now, we're going to wrap up the show. As I said, we've got some din-dins. Thanks to our official sponsors. We've got so many of them now. Uh, we're going we're to mention AMC Expo once more time. October yep. 17th, 18th, I believe it is. Get along Melbourne. if you're in town. If yes. you're in Melbourne, get there. If you're not in Melbourne, fly here and go. The voice of Maud Flanders, Helen Lovejoy, Miss Hoover and more. She, what's her name? Maggie Roswell is going to be at the Expo. So yep. AMCExpo.com. If anyone is flying into town, let us know. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe we could, uh, I don't know, do something. Grab a yeah. coffee. Maybe what, slam, Simpsons. slam some beat poetry somewhere in a little <laughs> trendy bar in Chapel Street. That play, could work. Play Simpsons Arcade somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yes. We'll find a time zone with the Simpsons Arcade. Yeah, that'd be so that'd much That'd be fun. brilliant. We can like lead a tour around Melbourne. We may be doing a mini golf sh- video as well. Oh, yeah. No, no. So this is, I wanted to challenge you to mini golf. So yes. the, the very fine folk down at Ballerine Adventure Golf. We're coming into summer. Yeah, um, it, or sort of spring yeah. where we are. Which is coming into summer. The weather's getting very, very nice. It's 31 tomorrow, apparently. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. So I want to take you down with the GoPro to a uh, mini golf course. We'll have a tournament. And keeping with Simpson style, the loser is going to have to mow his uh, the other man's lawns <laughs> in his wife's clothing. That sounds good to me. Mm. We need to use, and the, the commentary over the top will be the Simpsons commentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> He's made it. What an incredible shot. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so thanks to our sponsors. Also, the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page. Plenty of new videos each and every day. Make sure you check them out. They share our articles as well. We love those guys. Um, also, nohomers.net, the best place to communicate and chat with other Simpsons uh, fans out there around the world. They've got plenty of good forums on there, so check it out, nohomers.net. Mm-hmm. Anything else we need to mention, Mitch? No, good luck to your sporting teams. You're probably listening to this after they've played, so let's hope that they've won. But we've also got the Rugby League final on this weekend, Australia versus Wales uh, in the Rugby Union. It is a huge sporting weekend, and I'm really looking forward to wrapping this up so I can get out and watch it all. See you guys next time. Bye, guys. Shh.